Part of the Nippy Radio Recording Studios, high above 107 Columbia, with both eyes on the trees as they slowly begin to turn the lovely colors of fall. But it still does feel like summertime here in Albany. Welcome, everyone. Today we're going to be discussing the right to remain silent and the issues that surround it. Here we go. When a defendant in custody is given Miranda warnings, unlike the rules that apply, when he or she requests an attorney. If he or she states that he or she wishes to remain silent and not answer any questions, this right to remain silent may be subsequently waived by the defendant without an attorney being present, as long as the law enforcement personnel have scrupulously honored defendant's original decision to remain silent. In People v. Kennard, a 1984 Court of Appeals decision, The defendant was arrested, given his Miranda warnings, and invoked his right to remain silent. Despite this, the police continued improperly to interrogate the defendant. The defendant said nothing incriminating, and the police stopped. As they were booking the defendant, he stated on his own that he wished to make a statement. In finding this statement properly admissible, the court held, When a suspect exercises his right to remain silent, the police must scrupulously honor that decision, and questioning must cease. The police violated that obligation here. But a suspect, even after exercising his right to remain silent, may change his mind and voluntarily make a statement. The ability to waive the right to remain silent after invoking it does not require the presence of an attorney because invoking the right to remain silent is not invoking the right to counsel in the first place. As the court wrote in the third department case of People v. Massey from 2017, Inasmuch as defendant never requested an attorney and the right to counsel had not indelibly attached, there was no legal requirement that an attorney be present before he changed an earlier decision to remain silent and talk to the authorities. The two primary issues that are most often litigated in these cases are one, whether the defendant has in fact invoked the right to remain silent, and two, whether law enforcement officers have scrupulously honored the defendant's exercise of his or her right to remain silent when he or she changes his or her mind. The Court of Appeals has consistently held that the defendant's invocation of the right to remain silent must be done by way of an unequivocal assertion. See People v. Hendricks, Court of Appeals, 1997. In the more recent case of People v. Young from the Fourth Department, 2017, The court held that the defendant had not made an unequivocal invocation of his right to remain silent. When the defendant told the law enforcement officers he did not want to talk to them when he was first given the Miranda warnings, he then asked the officers what was going on. An officer repeated the warnings to the defendant, and he chose then to speak with them. The court held, under the circumstances, we conclude that contrary to defendant's contention, He waived his Miranda rights and did not make an unequivocal assertion of his right to remain silent at that time. While not part of the court's holding in the Young case, it could also be argued under these facts that even if the defendant had invoked the right to remain silent, he had voluntarily chosen to forego this right without any improper influences on the part of the officers, even though it was very shortly after the invocation. 
Another example of equivocal comments that did not invoke the right to remain silent is found in People v. Dees, a First Department case where leave was denied in 2013. The defendant refused to give a written statement, but this was not the invocation of the right to remain silent. The defendant also stated at one point in his initial statement that I have nothing to say to you. The court held that in the context of the full statement that was primarily a denial, this phrase was not an unequivocal request to cease questioning. The court also ruled that the defendant's second statement while in a holding cell was spontaneous and not the result of any conduct by the officers that could be interpreted as the functional equivalent of questioning. This rule applies to both the invocation of the right to counsel as well as the right to remain silent. A spontaneous statement made after either one of these rights has been invoked is admissible at trial. When determining if the defendant has truly waived the right he or she has invoked when he or she is not the initiator of further conversation, the court will take a hard look to determine if there has been a break in the interrogation. Most acceptable waivers of the invocation of the right to remain silent come from the defendant's initiated conversations or a change of mind that is not the result of any conversation initiated by the officers. However, there are certain circumstances where it is acceptable for the officers to initiate further conversation that leads to the admissibility of the subsequent statements. An example of this can be found in the case of People v. Gary, a 1972 Court of Appeals decision, where the defendant had approached a police officer on the street and indicated to the officer he had stabbed someone. The defendant was taken into custody and a detective informed him of his Miranda warnings. The defendant invoked his right to remain silent and no further questions were asked by the police. The defendant was transported to another precinct and about an hour after his original arrest was met by an assistant district attorney. His rights were once again given by the ADA and the defendant at that time chose to make a statement. The Court of Appeals held that the ADA was not precluded from inviting the defendant to make a statement because he declined to speak to the police an hour before. The court wrote, the narrow issue presented by this case then is whether the assistant district attorney was precluded from inviting the defendant to make a statement because an hour before, a like request by a police officer had been declined. Neither Miranda nor broader constitutional mandates prohibit a subsequent request made otherwise than in the course of continued importunity or coercive interrogation in the guise of a request for reconsideration. Now, there may be some question how the Gary case meshes with the concept that police must scrupulously honor the defendant's right to remain silent, and that perhaps because it's from 1972, things have morphed into a stricter construction of subsequent police questioning the defendant as to whether or not he or she wishes to speak. Take a look at the Massey decision, which we've already discussed, which is from 2017. Now, the facts in this case are similar to the Gary case. And the appellate division, inciting People v. Gary as authority, wrote the following. The suppression hearing testimony demonstrates that while the defendant made an unconditional and unequivocal invocation of his right to remain silent at the library, he subsequently waived that right following the administration of Miranda warnings by the investigating officer at the police station. And in such circumstances as to permit the finding that defendant was not questioned in violation of his right to remain silent. Please be sure to read today's version of this nifty practice tip for all the case law citations for our positions.
Also, please see the extended memo entitled The Right to Remain Silent Issues that also can be found in the PE. Our thanks to our crack producer and apple picker, Jonathan Marconi Crispino. To all of you out there, be well and stay ready, my friends. Yeah.